previous show was about GDPR, I thought I'd take it further by talking about privacy by design. You can find the previous post titled, What is GDPR? on my blog, Privacy by Design, some background around it, Foundational Principles, Data Types, Implementing Privacy by Design, Initiation Phase, Planning Phase, Execution Phase. The idea of privacy by design was first introduced in 1990s by Anne Kavokin. She was the Information and Privacy Commissioner of Ontario from 1997 to 2014. EU has incorporated this idea into GDPR as well. Article 25 of GDPR discusses this further. Privacy by design is taking the first principles approach where instead of fixing issues as you find them, you go back to the drawing board and produce a holistic approach that makes sure that the future implementations also consider it. There is another concept, security by design, that I have regularly used in my engagements and it's pretty much the same concept. So the foundational principles of privacy by design are based on these seven foundational principles. And these are from, I've uh, extracted these from a um, committee report that was presented to the House of Commons uh, here in Canada. Um, its title is Towards Privacy by Design, Review of the Personal Information Protection and Electronic Documents Act. And just reading quickly through from top to bottom, um, it says privacy should be proactive, not reactive preventative, not remedial. Uh, the goal of privacy by design is to take preventative action by implementing measures to reduce the risk of privacy infractions. Second is privacy as the default setting. The default setting of all products and services should be, be to protect personal information so that an individual's privacy it's, is automatically protected without any action being required by the individual. Third is privacy embedded into design. The protection of personal information should be an integral part of information systems and business practices. It should not be an add-on. Full functionality. Number four, positive sum, not zero sum. Privacy by design should be considered a benefit. There should be no trade-offs with other features to achieve this goal. Number five, end-to-end security. Full lifecycle protection. The protection of personal information must extend throughout the system's entire life cycle. Number six, visibility and transparency. Keep it open. Transparency is important to ensure that systems and practices are truly able to protect user privacy. Independent verification must always be possible. Number seven, respect for user privacy. Keep it user-centric. Above all, privacy by design entails putting individuals' interests first. These are some of the data types that that uh, we would have considered and I've pulled these from from um, GDPR um, data types that they had and I've put them all into one list because I'm not um, differentiating between one or the other. So if we go from from top to bottom here uh, personal data types um, that are considered are IP addresses, email addresses, your mailing address or your home address date of birth, religion, gender, personal lifestyle affiliations, genetic data, 
um, race, ethnicity, health records, etc. Now that we have discussed the um, the concept of privacy by design, where it originated, why it's important, and all the good stuff, um, the bigger question is how do you, as an organization, um, implement it? Um, and in my opinion, and I've done it before as well, um, is that you need to embed it in your project delivery requirements. So as you can see, so the project as per PMI have five distinct stages, initiation, planning, execution, monitoring, control, and closure. So the idea is, um, in my opinion, that you start with, you, you take these three um, elements, initiation, planning, and execution, and you embed your privacy requirements into each of these. And the next few uh, slides, we will discuss each of these uh, phases in detail. So in the initiation phase, identify all the soft and hard requirements for your application. And this is more very important because if you don't know the requirements in, a, in, an, in any project delivery, the, uh, the, the solution will, will not be what was required, uh, what's required to be implemented. So make sure you identify um, all soft and hard requirements and also make sure you know all the teams who need to be engaged. Um, in all cases, I would always engage the privacy office, the security teams, um, and business teams as well um, to inquire at more detail as to why they are collecting the information that they're collecting. The next phase would be the planning phase. The key is in GDPR, PIPEDA, or anything you, you take, the purpose of data collection is very important. Why are you collecting the data? Once it's clarified the purpose of why the data is being collected, then you have to figure out which data elements do you need to provide the service um, or, or product. Um, make sure you keep that to the bare minimum, just enough to provide the service that you need. Don't collect any more thinking about um, the future that maybe later we, we will need this or that. Um, just collect what you need for now and to provide the service that's in focus and whatever this application is being designed for um, to deliver. Once you know what the elements you are capturing, the next thing is do a detailed data classification on them. So you must, as an organization, have a data classification a standard and a methodology, how you're going to do that. Then once that is done, the next piece is you have, you as an organization should also have a data retention uh, schedule or, or um, policy and, and all, all the necessary documentation for that um, based on the industry you're in, what kind of data you're going to retain for how long. Uh, this is important because you don't want to be storing all kinds of data forever. Um, and when um, agencies come to you for information, um, you will have to spend that much time to go through that information because you ha you don't have any retention policy. So what that means is the expectation would be provide us whatever data you have. So in order to save you from yourself, you have to make sure that you only retain data that you need to retain and for the length of time that uh, the your industry requirements or your local um, jurisdiction requires to, to retain. Um, and also retaining data cost money and space, so that's also an added expenditure.
Uh, once you have these these elements, um, as we uh, discussed, the next piece is going to be you have to conduct a privacy impact assessment. This is where the privacy office office comes in, where they look at what you're collecting for the purpose of what it's been collected for, and they look for what protections are you going to be going to have in place in terms of protecting the data. Um, and so once you get the green light from the privacy impact assessment that everything is good and the privacy office is good with all the information, um, then you can move on to the next steps. And this is where um, the um, privacy officer um, element comes in. And that's why that, that role is important for your organization. Um, the last piece in the planning, planning phase is going to be um, ensure that all of the information is stored in a configuration management database um, to ensure that at all times you know what data elements are being stored where uh, on your customers and uh, because the other aspect is whenever they need access to the data and they need they want it to be updated you are able to pull the data from all those stores. So if it's gonna be a data backup that you have it in, you have a snapshot mirror of your database or the data sitting in a different data center for disaster recovery purposes. You should have, you should know where, where that is, how long you're gonna be retaining that, how often do you refresh that. So all these information should be sitting in some kind of a configuration management, management database or a CMDB to make sure that you can manage some you can manage it right because if you don't know about it then you cannot manage it the next bit uh, and the most important bit is the execution phase so this is where you have to include a data classification retention into your data model and the reason this is the key is if it is recorded at the data model level uh, then you will you don't have to go to any any other um, artifact to figure out what the data classification is. If the data classification is recorded in the data model and the retention is also recorded in the data model, then you can use all kinds of automation to make sure that the, the classification is, is, is being handled as per um, the requirement. And once it's classified as something, then the proper controls can be put in place. And if need be, you can also automate that as well, right? If something is is um, is classified as, as, as private or confidential, then you know, the necessary controls that you have decided um, as per your uh, policy and procedures, you have to implement that. Same thing with retention. When uh, the data stays in your database for a certain period of time, then retention uh, information, make sure that you can delete it uh, once that time runs out. Um, the other key piece about both in PyPeda and GDPR um, is the fact about consent. The consent has to be explicit. It should not be hidden as part of any other disclaimer that the customer is or the employee is signing. So there should be a clear check, check mark or a checkbox where somebody has to go with their mouse and click in it and and say, yes, we consent to our data being collected um, and provide them all the information. And this information should be recorded somewhere in your um, systems um, so that whenever a customer needs access to the data or there's any issues in terms of, of tracking consent, you can go back to that and pull that information.
the other piece is once you the data is classified then you're going to put in all the different controls based on uh, on the classification um, and at, at all times a private data should be stored encrypted in transit and at rest in transit i mean when it's traveling from the database to the endpoint and back and forth so it should be um, protected at all times um, then the next piece is now that you know the classification of the data, you are protecting it appropriately, you are collecting consent and all that information uh, from the users so that you know that yes, they provide consent and there's no um, issues with that. The data subjects whose data it is should be able to request from you to update the data or request what data you are holding about them. Uh, you should be able to delete the data as per the requirements. Um, uh, only retaining the data that is required for compliance and industry um, reasons uh, that you have to at any cost retain that you, know, you have to let the data subject know about those those data elements uh, and the other piece is going to be with the data um, subject is trying to move their data from um, from if they're moving the service from you to some other service provider then they would like to move their private data as well from you. So you should be able to extract their data elements um, in a readable format um, and give it to them uh, such that they are able to upload that same information into the other um, providers' data, data repositories or they're able to read it themselves if possible. So it should not be a proprietary format that you give to them um, and which is no good to them uh, or anybody else. Also make sure the data integrity is maintained at all times. Um, data integrity, uh, it means that the data what is stored uh, doesn't get modified uh, via some other channels and you have all the controls in place to make sure that the data is not altered in any shape or form. Um, the next piece is you need to have strict authentication and authorization controls implemented so this is at the application level at the database level at the network level so it goes down deep into environments so whenever a a user entity can access a certain element in your infrastructure for support purposes or whatever that could be the the issue that could be the um, the very reason some data might might get compromised um, so make sure that um, you you are tracking and and strong authentication is in is in place. Your logging is is in place. Uh, you have um, security information event management systems deployed, which are tracking all the logs and figuring out all the anomalies and um, and and other issues. Um, when you're developing code. Um, um, you should have code analysis conducted on that code to make sure that you know um, the data is traveling securely. It is captured um, properly. Um, its integrity is maintained. Um, proper authorization and authentication controls are are implemented, such that only certain people with certain privileges are able to look at the data or update the data. And finally, before the system goes live, you have to make sure that you do a penetration testing on the application um, and also do some um, um, some code analysis 
um, web code analysis from from outside to make sure that there's just no issues with with the front end um, at all as you saw in the previous slides um, this whole implementation of privacy by design is a very um, process intensive activity so you have to make sure you have the proper processes in place proper procedures to support the processes um, and the documentation of all um, and finally, you have to make sure that all your uh, teams who are involved in this activity are aware of the, the process change because um, it is no good producing a process um, if the teams are not on board following them. Uh, so uh, always consider, consider the human change element of uh, any change you introduce in the environment. And um, with that, I conclude uh, today's show. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Hope you liked the show today. Uh, please don't forget to um, subscribe and like um, in whatever social media you are um, uh, listening to this show on. Um, and also don't forget to share the information that I've uh, shared with you with your friends. Um, and um, if you have any questions, don't forget to reach out to me. My website is at the bottom left-hand corner of the slide, uh, www.secondoid.com, and all my contact details are over there. Um, hope you found this useful. Thank you, and have a nice day, evening, night, wherever you are. Bye-bye.